0: It can be a dark world sometimes, don't be afraid to be a source of
1: light. It can be a dark world sometimes, but don't be afraid to
0: be a source of light.
2: Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling today?
0: I feel well and productive.
2: Oh, I like that.
0: Thank you. How are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling grateful and a little bit excited.
0: Yes, as you should.
2: Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga.
0: With Kariga and Felicia.
2: And you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Hey. And today.
0: And today.
2: A very special guest. Indeed. Here in the Soul Affirmations studio. (laughs) We have Rex Life Raj.
0: Yes. Yes. I wish I had a button that had claps. (laughs) Claps. (laughs) I want to go. I
2: appreciate y'all having me. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank Thank, you for being here. Yes.
0: And I look forward to talking a little bit more about why he's here.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Why he's here. Why you might be experiencing him today and you know how his light can help you on your journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he's certainly been a a beacon of light for us.
0: Yes, indeed. So before we got started, I was looking for an affirmation. And as you know, I opened it up and it was right there. Mm. So I'm going to ask that you pull out your book. (coughs) If you have your text, your affirmation text, a toolkit for reflection and manifesting the light within, Mm -hmm. you will turn to page 50. And page 50 reads, I can grow from difficult experiences. Challenges reveal new layers of my gifting. I celebrate my breakthroughs and acknowledge my growth areas.
2: Oh. Go ahead, Fee.
0: I can grow from difficult experiences. Mm-hmm. Challenges reveal new layers of my gifting. Mm-hmm. I celebrate my breakthroughs and acknowledge my growth areas.
2: Fee, thank you for bringing us to the space with That affirmation uh, and the way I could feel it today
0: mm-hmm.
2: and in a conversation uh, Rex life Raj and I were having before coming to this uh, this conversation, we spoke a little bit about like the the intimacy that is each artist, our own processes mm. um, that space between creating and releasing and then that window between releasing and how the public receives it. Mm-hmm. You don't have any control over that. You just create and wait to see how it opens doors or what folks experience. So I think about this, uh, this particular affirmation in the context of, I celebrate my breakthroughs mm-hmm. and acknowledge my growth areas. Wow. For one of the first times you might hear me in this podcast, it's not that I'm a loss for words. It's that they're happening so fast in my head.
0: Mm. Wow.
2: My feelings are causing me to recall so many moments I've had with your work. Mm. And it feels like a time warps having this conversation with you right now for listeners to hear. But we are here because in this space, we co-investigate grief as an experience of love. Yeah. And conversations, experiences are all valid in this framework. And Rex Life Raj has just released a project that is speaking to the hearts of many real time from an album called The Blue Hour.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: An amazing project. I just want to make a quick note to the listener. Wherever you are in your grief experience and whatever music you think you survey, a visit or spending time with Rex Life Riders catalog. catalog, I can take you back to some of the father figures, but we will reference The Blue Hour for now. Take time to experience that body of work, that album, that art. It is heart transforming. And in many instances feel like it's time bending. Hmm. So if you are a listener on this podcast, take some time. It's available on all your DSPs. Wherever you find your music, look for the blue hour. Yes. Wow.
0: <laughs> I have a big smile on my face because I'm um, I don't know if I'm nervous or it's like, you know, when I, I am a fan. So when you meet someone that you're a fan of, even though this is not our first time meeting, um, but this is our first time seeing each other after this project. Right. So I have so many words like Riga, but I haven't organized them into phrases yet that I feel like would make complete sense to you. So I, um, I'm really just grateful to be in the moment. And what I want to say, if nothing else, is that I am just so incredibly grateful for the way that you leaned into your grief process so creatively for us to all experience. Like, that
2: mm-hmm.
0: is like a warm blanket. I feel so understood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I can not sit here and not recall, like, what... Your album, Father Figure 3, and mm-hmm. The Fog. I mean, you know this because we told you, but like, I have a memory, a music memory. So, you know how we have like a scent memory, especially mm-hmm. around those really, um, any, any time of your life that has left a mark, like your album has left a mark for me That's beautiful. as I, experience the double transition of Kamayu. So to sit here and listen to you and your process of grief and holding that still, there's so many emotions I'm feeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely.
2: (laughs) For this moment, for the listener, Mm -hmm. uh, if you just tuned in, uh, we are here with Rex Life Raj. Um, He's an artist of the finest category. Mm -hmm. Um, You can experience him in rap You can experience him in song. You can experience him in R&B. You can experience him in soul. Mm -hmm. Uh, He transcends these genres um, and has done so very fittingly with the latest release, The Blue Hour. And I realized why I was grateful and a little bit excited. I'm excited to talk about the music, but I'm grateful uh, for your presence being here and the gentleness uh, you deserve. We have an opportunity to practice. Mm. It is... Challenging for me to tell you about this work, because I could go into it right now, discussing songs, lyrics, (laughs) bars, production, but the path that brings us to this album is such a gentle one. Mm. So Rex Life Raj, in his recording of these projects, uh, experienced the transition of both of his parents I'm learning how to say that for the listener, but while sitting across from you, it just doesn't sound fair Mm -mm. to say as an introduction, but it is where you are in this moment, and I want to honor that, and it's valuable. But the level of your creativity, I think, can send the listener far off into their own feelings. Mm. And then we remember who the messenger is and we come to say, thank you. We come to honor you with radical gentleness and to make room for your love. That is grief. So thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. This is a, it's a blessing to be here. It's really tight. You know, just <laughs> my experience, like you guys said with you guys, it's been amazing. I remember, one of the most thorough conversations I've had with anybody was with you after I dropped Father Figure 3 and you were explaining to me about, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. guys' experience with The Fog. For me, those type of tracks are always really interesting. The ones that I feel like are personal and I'm not sure exactly, like, how they'll fit into people's lives. Because it's, it's one thing to drop, like, a, a party record or something that you know, like, sonically i kind of know where this is gonna live but for me like we were talking about outside it's certain tracks that i'm like man this might be a little too personal or too Mm. different you know what i'm saying um so when when you were telling Mm. me how much you resonated with it to me those are always signs like like this book of affirmations of like no you're doing the right thing because look how deeply it's hitting people you know and it, it started to change my perspective from the quantity of people to just how impactful it is. Wow. And I just feel like, you know, the music with the conversations I've had with you guys and even with this new album, how deeply it's resonating with people lets me know, like, you know, you're doing the right thing no matter what the numbers say, no matter what, like mm. you're you're resonating really deeply with people. So I appreciate you guys for that. Cause mm. I've had some conversations mm. and you might not even know how much you've impacted my music, you know. Mm. But it's been it's been an experience for sure.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, time as a continuum it moves you on the I guess you would call the record player of life Mm. right Mm -hmm. just going around and Felicia and I have experienced moments in public and I've experienced moments by myself where somebody's trying to articulate to me what my transparency or what my how I share my story how it's impacted them Mm -hmm. and I had to learn how to listen. I often was just like overwhelmed in a good way. Mm -hmm. You're just not used to hearing that the way you describe this particular heartbreak was inspiring for somebody else. So they never missed their words. It just took me a while to realize the power in it. Oh yeah. Well sitting across from Rex Life Raj in this moment and having him describe that to me was like, whoa. Because I I realize what I'm experiencing right now is I think he touched that very, very special place in grief with descriptiveness, Mm -hmm. with timing, Mm -hmm. uh, with openness and courage that made me just like, uh, just take deep breath in reverence because I can tell you are living in that love Mm -hmm. and there's no place I've experienced that offers more clarity. Then confronting those feelings. And uh, he's referencing uh, a project, a song on his album, Father Figure Three. There was a song called Fog uh, that I sat and listened to over and over and over again. <laughs> I listened to it in the day. I listened to it during the night. I listened to it at the fire pit. It was like the only thing that could hold me when my homies who were calling to check on me the calls and the check-ins mattered but i didn't know how to say what i was feeling Mm. so i couldn't quite be held around those feelings because i couldn't articulate all of them your music was articulating feelings for me that i didn't say for myself and i just felt understood Mm -hmm. and held and covered and supported I didn't think that the writings on the wall would speak like this. You you extracted them. You opened them up. You gave us a multidimensional view of love, of grief as an experience. So you just hear a lot of thank yous. But I want to bring us into the, the theater and the context of this album. There are so many songs I love. I can't actually get to this album without acknowledging Um on Father Figures 3. The, the I love it from track to track, but flowers spoke to us. <laughs> and it was in that record that made me want to know more about you. I am, I think I'm just partial <laughs> to mother's love mm-hmm. for their sons. And I am a really good listener to mother's prayers for their sons. I can hear so much of who we are, where we come from. And when you offered us that as listeners, I said, I wanna know, I wanna know these people. I wanna know what has made them so rich in this regard. And I remember Fee was sharing that, right? Um,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Flowers is definitely my favorite record of that album. And I think it's the uh, hearing your mother's voice in the beginning. I always like chuckle because of how long it took for her to answer the phone. Like I could tell. I was
1: nervous she wasn't going to pick up.
0: I know you said that. (laughs) And even though that's such a small clip, it's insight into um, the relationship, right? It's being able to see uh, another person as someone else's baby, you know, because that's actually what we all are. So um, it creates a, a different point of view, but um, what she offered in the beginning and what you took with that in that first line, can't nobody stop blessings from a nigga who deserves it. I just love that; mm-hmm. like it's so true. I love, I love the cadence, uh, the rhythm. I, I love the audacity. It's, it's true. It's fact. It's actual. And it just from that point on, like you had you had me on that record, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was because of what I was working through too at the time um, of navigating, like, what has happened to me? Is this a blessing or a curse, you know? Um, I don't think I've ever even articulated that out loud before, but that record for me, thats that was a a launching point into my investigative process. So mm.
1: That's interesting you say that too, about just like something that happens to you and trying to figure out like what it really means mm-hmm. and how to interpret, you know, and how to move forward with what has happened to you that was a big one of my intentions going into the album was just like all right bro you went through this crazy ass stuff you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like life altering life changing and it could take you one of many ways but it's like you have the choice of like i i want to take this into my hands and make it something i don't want to just go through this mm-hmm. you know and then just that's it Mm-hmm. Like I think it's bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially in the realm that we live in with art or with podcasts, with writing, we have this ability to create something from it. That's to me, that's the gift that not everyone else has. Mm-hmm. Like some people go through things and they're forced to sit in it because they have no way to get it out. Wow. But we're in this realm where we have this creativity wow. and we can transmute it into something else. And that that was my biggest thing with this album is like, mm-hmm. well, you went through this. Now make it something beautiful, make it something that, you know, can <clears throat> help somebody else heal. But it's weird, like I was telling him, like, I didn't know how it would affect people. I just know what I've learned through my music is the more I'm the realer I am, the deeper I connect with people. And so with this album, I was like, I just wanted to be as vulnerable as real as sincere as possible and like i said even if it doesn't hit the masses i know the people that it will hit it'll help mm-hmm. them in wow. some way
0: mm-hmm. i felt like it was crazy courageous of you to do that though too Thank you. right like um just to be able to document what the lean-in process looks like and my grief experience, like I didn't want, I said this to Kariga several times, like I don't want nothing to come from this. I don't want to do nothing creative. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want anybody to ch- extract any meaning for why this happened to me because I was that hurt, you mm-hmm. know? And Kariga having the insight um, to document every part of the journey, mm-hmm. like I went back, it became hindsight for me. And it it was like the blueprint to reframing what it was that I experienced. And it helped me find gratitude in the process. So like the documenting part of grief to lean in and be with it and not just like you say, not just hold it in, but to actually like, I keep saying it documented it is so courageous and profound and is such a beautiful, beautiful offering because I feel like more people, I mean, whether they know it or not, like we're we're all connected to grief in some way.
1: That's all we connected to. It's one of the few things that, I'm sorry, it's, yeah, it's one of the few things that connects everybody at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We all
2: going to experience it. Mm-hmm. Live yeah. long enough, everybody's going to experience it. Mm-hmm. Live long enough. We got a birthday. We got a dash. And we have that other experience mm-hmm. that no one can tell us about. But it's inevitable experience. And um, you said it was crazy courageous of him. Uh, I I want to talk to us and bring the listener into an investigation around a track called reappear, but I can't just go to reappear (laughs) because when you spoke about his courage and when he spoke about, I have to make something beautiful of this. I didn't realize that there were people who have not been in touch with their creativity.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And that's part of the reason why their feelings get stuck in their bodies, Mm. stuck in their minds. Mm -hmm. It's the combination of going through it and the combination of I don't know how to express this yet, right? It's like imagine me having a bass line in my head that I just can't play yet, but I hear it, right? Mm. And our emotions, are they need to be let out in that way. So it brings me, I believe, to um, a record call, Sunset's.
0: Over, over College, College park. park, yeah, Sunset
2: Over College Park. I think, I think the uh the lyric in that record is "Being transparent ain't no walk in the park, but it can help somebody else when they walk in the dark." That's Reappear. That's Reappear. Oh, that is, re- is real reappe- wow. Oh, so I get to go right there. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's well, I told you I wanted to go to Reappear. Right? <laughs> he said and it. it. And we it, are, and, and it reappears. So, um, as an experience of grief. I hands and knees brings a tear out of my left eye in my like toward the inner part of my eye, it comes out of my left and it rolls down. I like clockwork, I can't stop that tear from falling, no matter what happens. Reappear for me, I feel like I am in a room understanding my emotions with help. Mm. I'm I'm getting help describing and feeling all the things that are still kind of resting in my mind that I'm trying to get out. Reappear does that for me. It pulls, it's so quick. It's like an accelerated on-ramp into where you were trying to get to. That's what it feels like. It feels like you are in, you went to the emergency room and you need to be seen as quickly as possible and before you could even open your mouth. Somebody was taking you on the gurney Mm -hmm. to come check you out. That's how that record feels. It's an immediate response to what are my deepest needs to be articulated in grief. And some of that record, Mm. um, something unique that I want to investigate because I was here last week with this feeling. Um, It says, uh, trying to make it out in hopes that I'll be free and clear. But what I went through last year, I'm probably going to need a year. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not even, and then the, the writing isn't done there, but that was the part where I just kind of felt like, Riga, take time with yourself. Take time with yourself. And I think part of the, the wonder and the open heart you've created for me is, you know that you need time. You know that what you experience requires time. And you still found a way to emote, process for yourself, and give us something. And that is the part about being transparent. Ain't no walking apart. I feel like you chose to help somebody else who was walking through the dark, Um, whether by peer association, whether it be by the time or the generation that we are in, and we've seen peers who experienced the loss of parents or children, this whole thing, right? Like our generation has seen a unique set of experiences. Some of our friends have lost parents some of our friends have lost children we're just in that intersection and i felt like you really became a beacon of light so intentionally in that writing and what you created um but it closes with um i'd rather be in motion than to be in fear (laughs) this podcast might have the most sound um Expressions in like minimal words. Mm. I keep slapping things. I feel things. (laughs) So that was part of what kept me going, bro. I was afraid of succumbing to the fear.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: Crazy as it sounds, I just thought it was going to cost me everything if I let the fear get me. It was going to cost my voice. It was going to cost me uh, learning how to trust my voice. It was going to affect my timing. It was going to do everything if I let fear caught me. But I never articulated that part mm. so it was that's why i said i feel like i was in a room and somebody helped me figure out my feelings mm. i'd rather be in motion than to be in fear i i know it's almost literal but help me understand how does that how where does that come from? where does that expression come from how did you come to that finding
1: i couldn't even tell you because i that that record was one of the it might have been the last record i wrote for the album
0: and i had a strong feeling that it was in sorry a, i'm gonna let
1: you go. No, it's all good and in the second to last record i wrote was sunset over college park when i wrote that probably a couple of days before i thought it was done like i had never had a you know a catharsis like I had after I wrote Sunset over College Park, it was I'll never forget it's like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was just playing a video game or something. And someone was like, just make a beat real quick. And then I sampled, cause that's like Wax Roof and um, Brian Simmons mm-hmm. from a session we did at the studio. Mm-hmm. And I was just tinkering with it. And then so I made the beat and I just started writing it. And that one, that was probably one of the tracks that came to me the easiest. You know, it just kind of just like came out and i remember doing it and then after i was done with that because like i said at that point i knew the whole album concept was based off of like the sunset and the sun rising and to me that felt like the sun is going down like this Mm. is kind of like the last part and that's why i named it that But like i just cried like for hours like three or four in the morning because i'm like bro it really dawned on me it's like you put the sick, the toughest part of your life, bro, you just put it all on a on record. That's insane. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really dawned on me. Like, that's crazy. In the same way, it Reappear, it was just one of those things where I just made a beat real quick and I just started writing and it just came to me. A lot of the stuff, like, I don't know where it came from. I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I just kind of coming out of me. If, I, sorry. No,
0: no I, I had a feeling um, on our ride today, we were listening to the, the project. And hearing reappear first, it felt to me very much like an introduction to what it was that you were about to experience. Mm -hmm. And it felt very much to me like a writing of a dissertation, if you would. Mm -hmm. Like that process starts with your chapter two, which is like a review of everything. And then you collect your data, you... Um, go through the process of analyzing it and then you have to spend time interpreting what it means. You don't write your intro until the very last thing. And so that's how it felt for me when I heard it. It was like, I know Mm. he wrote this last. right? And um, it's such a beautiful offering uh, into the project. I mean, I felt it. The reappear for me, just how it ends.
2: I know that feeling. Fall to the baseboard. (laughs) you mastered time and space it felt like breathing it felt like like all of my feelings were just like catching i didn't i didn't avoid any of them but every last one of them met me right where i was Mm -hmm. every last feeling i've had in grief met me right where i was Mm -hmm. And um
0: that's I, it. It felt like an overview of grief, what you will experience with grief.
1: Yes. And I think a lot of that too came from because I'm a very much like whatever I'm in in the moment, I try to create it in that moment. Mm. Like half of me wanted to be like, bro, this is so wild, just take a little break and then come back to it. Mm. But I felt like all of those feelings were still so fresh that only in that moment could I have said a lot of that stuff. If I'd have waited six months and kind of healed a little bit or had conversations with people. It wouldn't it wouldn't have that same impact. Mm-mm. And I think that's one of the hardest things for me was trying to create and push through because I know, especially because my memory is bad. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these feelings you won't be able, you won't remember, you won't articulate mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. So for me, in that moment of going through it yeah. was like you need to get it out right now. Yeah. Cause it'll never hit like this again.
0: So very important. And I'm sorry, I no, know no, you no, were gonna no, I'm move on to I'm, something. I'm
2: not moving on, I'm understanding it. So time is related and connected to distance, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz life is a a journey we're traveling. Mhm. And even when we're staying still, we're still traveling. Time is moving. Mhm. Um which means that the earth is rotating. Mhm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm zeroing in on this very specific coordinate that he's talking about in grief. Yeah. That the reason why it's so important to communicate then or transmit then it is as much about the proximity to the experience but it's also about that space and time where you are available to even create it, right. yeah. it you can't because you can't force it but you can wait for it right because this is also the same orator the writer who says after everything i went through last year i'm probably going to need a year so you're aware that all these things are happening at time i need moment i need grace But my window of communicating this feeling is right here, right now. So I courageously walk through that feeling and I leave some footprints. And those footprints that you left are, it's the reappearing of many of our feelings. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And so many other folks' feelings um, that I see on social media who are experiencing the music and who are going back to that passing. Some as recent as three weeks ago, some as long as four years ago. Folks are just getting a chance to feel what it Mm -hmm. is they felt at that Mm -hmm. moment because the writing is so present and it pulls us in immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave you all parts of the uh, the the closing bars because um, I want to investigate uh, some of the lines, right? I just think I'm actually depressed. I wasn't being weird, trying to let it all out, hoping that I'll be free and clear. But what I went through last year, I'm probably gonna need a year. I'd rather be in motion than to be in fear. Wishing somehow all these verses would make you reappear. Mm.
0: I wish that I could articulate like how much that mirrors my experience in grief. How important it was for me to just spend my time whenever I felt anything at that moment to write it out no matter what it was no matter how it sounded but being able to just do that because if i didn't i would feel insane Mm -hmm. i would i I wrestled with this idea of being rushed back to a version of myself that i once was Mm. and like um thinking of things as if um it, it it's all going to work out for your good in in the moment of grief like in that when you're really experiencing the depths of that you don't want to hear no rationalization about why you're experiencing this and to be rushed into this idea that um it is all working for your good that and that's just one of the the reasons that i was presented it with but to be rushed to that idea ignores the process completely for sure the process that you need to understand more about what it is that and who you are becoming. Mm. And I mean, the way that you articulated that all the way down to the the deepest desire to have your loved one once again. It's like you're leaning into the process and and you're doing it for your well-being. And then it's like to me, what I felt a lot in trying to like find my well-being in the midst of my grief because sometimes I would feel like like you said, weird, like the nuances of still wanting something so permanent to shift again.
1: Right. Mm hmm. And it, and it literally makes you feel insane. It does. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt insane a lot of the time. Like it's even to this day sometimes I because it's like for people who haven't been through it or haven't had such close proximity to it, it literally changes everything about you. How you see the world? Like I contemplate death daily at this mm-hmm. point. Like I see, like I see death in things that I don't want to see it in. You know, like one of the experiences I've had, I've never really talked to her about it, but um, Gabby's dad started dialysis mm-hmm. um, you know, probably three or four months ago at this point, and it's just like the idea of him doing that took me to my dad because mm-hmm. I was taking my dad to dialysis three or four times a week, and it's just like you know mm-hmm. and not in when it comes to space and time like you're talking about nothing is going backwards it's like we're all aging and this is a and it's like damn am i being morbid about it or am i being just kind of like realistic because at the same time it makes you appreciate things uh-huh. more mm-hmm. it uh-huh. makes you understand how temporary things are and how temporary things can be mm-hmm. um but it's just yes. it's such a life-shifting event that it's just like yeah, it'll make you feel Literally insane.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the uh, says we're all aging. Time is going forward. Um, nobody can go backwards, no matter how much privilege, resources, time, money you have. You, it's, it's not available. Mm-hmm. Right. All we have is the present, and sometimes presently, can't nobody tell me that it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna need time. And living to show me what is okay and what's never going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, another record, right? Telling me I'm okay sounds just like lies. That sunset over Mm -hmm. college. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's that honesty to make that statement. And the melody in which you set it in. (laughs) it, It was where I spent months of my life. A year of my life. Protecting Felicia, not realizing that like I had to put myself out there to protect her. Mm. So I had to encounter all those bullshit sentiments that don't add up. Right. And hearing them over repetition just made me investigate them. And I knew they weren't true. Hearing you say it the way you said it in that melody, it was the most beautiful version of things that I wanted to just say, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have those words. Right. And so this is just many thank yous over and over again, and not even to make light or to, I know we can't make light of a situation with such gravity, but the thank you is not separate from caring about you now, Mm. but you gave us something, that is helping uh, folks in the masses. I personally play this album for people who come to spend time with me, who I know are experiencing grief. I play it as a way for them to make access for their feelings and emotions, mm-hmm. for them to be to articulate themselves, whether it's tears or words. Um, I remember being in school, and sometimes when you were in the beginning stages of your writing, you get prompts, you get a writing prompt to help you like begin, but they'll also give you ways you can start your sentence or start your paragraph. You remember that? And I think that we, just because we become adults, folks think that we don't need the same writing prompts for our emotions. And I think the blue hour is a perfect prompt for people to experience their emotions and be present with them. Be present with the grief that is love. Um, excavate things say things courageously there are so many courageous statements on this album i'd have to invite you to be a guest for like a week in order (laughs) to work through just a bit of these feelings but Mm -hmm. grief comes with so many feelings that you articulated so beautifully across this album Mm -hmm. um there is a reminder of the borrowed time that we're all on
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: There is um hands and knees. Mhm. Um <laughs> you said some things in that song that I didn't have the courage to say. Mm. And I think that that is part of the reason why it does what it does to me. Mm. Oh, wow. I experienced being mishandled by people who I thought would love me differently in my grief. And of all the things that I've said publicly, of all the things I addressed publicly, I never addressed that part. I wasn't sure if I was going to slay the dragon or let it out. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to truly do. Because insofar as I couldn't get saved from what I experienced, I wasn't trying to save nobody Mm. from whatever I had to say to them. But I didn't let that one out. Uh, Because I didn't, the words weren't, the words weren't available. I was angry at the way I was handled. And to see somebody who I perceived to be as loved and regarded as you, Um, see that you were mishandled in parts of your grief. One, it humanized for me the very experience of grief, of suffering. And that while we're, yes, trying to teach the world to be more radically gentle, some folks don't get it. Some folks' tanks aren't filled and they can't be gentle. Some folks aren't, haven't confronted their own Mm. idiosyncrasies and nuances to even show up for you. But you said some things that really helped me uh, breathe better. And try to let go some of the offenses <laughs> of how folks chose to deal with me. Um so I thank you for that. As a as a man, as a black man, as a brother to you, uh, I thank you for saying that. That was one of the things that I did not say.
1: Right.
0: And I think it's such an important it's so important to to note all of those parts of grief. I think that's what you did with this album. It's it's not just the, the sadness that we are experiencing from um, with the loss of our loved ones, right? But there are, just as we are experiencing a new normal, if you will, and shifts in our relationship with our loved ones, because now we have to experience them differently, but we're also having to navigate through shifts in our relationships um, who, with folks that are still here and that too is a grief that we're experiencing. Yep. Um, that I don't think it gets yep. talked about a lot. And just as Kariga said, like it it has been one of those things for us where there has been harm by um, people who we would consider family, very close to us, and um, not feeling their presence during that time, nor now, has been a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just as massive. Mm-hmm as it is to experience the loss of our child the loss of a loved one we're also having to navigate the loss of that relationship and it's incredibly nuanced and to be able to articulate in a creative way such nuances and it's i know we keep saying it but there is gratitude there is massive Mm -hmm. gratitude for the process because what you've also done and you're uh, leaning into your process is you have made room for others in their process. Not everybody has time right. to process how they're feeling. Not everybody has the resources to do that. You know, pe- people might have to, like, care for other family members. People may have to, you know, write back to work. They may not even exercise what it is to be in a creative space and, like you said, be able to let out those things. Mm-hmm. So, um, really, your work has created opportunities for connectedness. Um and we know we've said it on on this podcast several times. It's in my book when we share our stories, we create room for connectedness, compassion, for love, like and how important it is connectedness to our our human self. Like it right. is a basic human need that I don't think is viewed as such, but we need it just like we need water, just like we need food. We for have sure. to feel
1: connected. For sure, and I think going back to what you guys said about hands and knees, and to me it even relates to the line you brought up on Sunset Over College Park telling me that it's okay sounds just like lies. The whole journey to me has been a learning process. Like, how I felt when I wrote Hands and Knees, I feel like when I wrote it, it because I was so deep in it and so deep in my feelings, it was almost like accusatory. You know what I'm saying? Like, you weren't there like I thought you would be. You weren't there. Like, that. And then what I learned was, because What's crazy is that when I put out these type of songs and relatives or friends and family hear them, it's almost like it exposes how people really feel. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I put that out there. So many friends and family tapped in, not even like you, not even who I was talking about. But then they called me like, man, I just feel so bad because I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or I got cousins or, you know, friends who whatever. I And it's not even directed towards you. I didn't even know those emotions were in you. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I learned was from talking to everybody is like it's not a lot of times people just don't even know how to show up. It's not even yep. that they don't want to. Yep. It's they're just like they too. they're grieving too and they don't even know how to approach you cuz it's so it's so deep that people don't you know what I'm saying they yeah. just don't even know how especially men. Like a lot of yeah. the the best, you know, love and support I've got is from women. And I don't think that's by coincidence. I just think women live in that space more. Mm-hmm. They know how to articulate their feelings and hold space for you. Men are just more logical. Like, you know, how you doing, bro? I just want to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and they, it's not even that they don't want to. It's just, they don't know how. They mm-hmm. don't want to bother you. They don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I was telling them, it's just like, I understand that. But sometimes all it is, it might just be a text or it just might be a phone call. Like, people aren't asking you to hold space and let them no. talk for 30, 45 minutes. Maybe right. some people do want that, but it's just the acknowledgement of, like, yeah. bro, I'm here if you need it. You know what I'm saying? Just make, mm. make the
0: love present. A friend of ours said that. Like, make love present. Exactly.
2: Make it present. You don't have to know how to do it. You don't have to know how to say it. But it does, it does bring me for grace. It does bring me to grace for the human experience. Absolutely. Because not everybody knows how. Mm-hmm. And we don't know at what version they were or what part of their childhood when they when when it was reinforced that they don't know how mm-hmm. right They don't know how to express their care, they don't know how to check in, and life certainly incentivizes being busy, right. so you know it doesn't incentivize feeling hmm. right there ain't no incentive for your feeling, so mm-hmm. that's why we don't really get to feel as much um, but I really want to just make room for humanity. And be radically gentle with those who could not be radically gentle with us. Thank you. Because it, it, I don't lose my dignity, my strength, uh, my love for my transition loved one. I don't lose any of that by choosing to give you grace. Now, sometimes I want to get on your helmet because <laughs> that's just what I want to do. All right? I want to do what I want to do because I don't always <laughs> want to have to calculate my feelings. Mm-hmm. But what I know as fact is, extending grace does not. It's not a deficit. Right? Difference doesn't mean deficit um in your voice though i'd like to there's a there's some bars that (laughs) i think really um just said a lot and maybe you can give us this as we um bring our listeners home for the closing but it's coming from reappear and um it seemed like yesterday uh we was inside that nissan truck hitting them speed bumps could you do you Can you recall those bars for us and finish us and give us that?
1: Yeah, no, I was talking about my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he tried, tried hitting them speed bumps. She tried to teach me about carburetors and heat pumps, but I was too busy on Fruity Loops whipping beats up to get my hands greased up. Now I'm living out everything that we dreamed of. Yeah, that was just like, you know, really just talking about my dad. Like, you know, he was... A real hands-on man with uh-huh. everything, uh-huh. you know, and it, <laughs> and it used to irritate him that I didn't want to <laughs> fix the car or mow the line <laughs> because I wanted to make beats, but at the same time, he was always super supportive in every way, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, my parents were super, my biggest fans, literally, like, people say that. Mm. My parents were my my biggest fans. I remember, like, I would walk in my parents' room, and sometimes I would just sit on the bed and talk to him. and my dad would look at me with almost tears in his eyes, like, you are my hero, like... <sighs> Literally, like mm. you are my hero. You did it. You know? Mm. You had the thing in your mind that you've been doing since you were a kid, beating on the pots and pans, and you actually did it. You know mm. what I'm saying? So And that was wow. just like an
2: ode to him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um that line what made me really emotional. It made me think of my older brother Kareem, who passed. Uh he came to live with me in DC. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. The idea of a father telling his son, you are my hero, Mm -hmm. because he followed his mind and did the thing that we know is challenging for any of us to do. Take something from your mind into the real world and have patience for that iteration process. Um, My heart is rejoicing because I just heard a story of a father telling his son, you are my hero, for living out that true purpose inside of him. And I think that's one of the sweetest things I've ever heard. And it, it makes me think about the types of love I can communicate to my children when I see them make the choice to follow what's truly in their heart and mind, right? Come that's on. how you reward somebody. That's how you cheer somebody on. Mm-hmm. That's how you empower them. Um, uh, the, the line about not getting your hand greased up, that was my relationship with my older brother. We were in, I was in DC, I was, I was teaching, going to grad school full time and creating art and he wanted me to fix my own car right because
1: no way he,
2: was, he could not <laughs> believe that i was going to take my time and money to the shop right and he's like no you need to do it yourself and i'm looking at him in the face like you sound like a madman if you think i'm gonna get down and do it and then he showed me what i needed to do if i want to do it myself and i thanked him and I said, now you're going to roll with me to the shop because I'm still taking my car <laughs> to the shop. <laughs> Thank you for that knowledge. Yeah. But, but he, still he going. was such a hands-on problem solver. <laughs> right. And that line drew me a, a direct connection and an emotional moment to him. Mm. Um, but the bar that um, we didn't close on is uh, the thing about grief, it don't come with a warning. It comes as random as birds chirping in the morning. right?
0: Mm.
2: Just that. I hope that for the listener... This episode is like birds chirping in the morning. Mm. I hope you hear it and it's beautiful. There's no resisting it. I hope it's an invitation for you to be with your feelings, to be present with them, to spend time investigating them. Um, I thank you for listening today. Rex Life Raj, I thank you for adding value to our storytelling, uh, to a pathway in grief. There are so little references here. Uh, we celebrate not the fact that someone had to endure it. We celebrate the fact that you chose to leave footprints mm-hmm. because it, it, it adds to the, the space that we occupy and the love that we share. I have the deepest love and cherished respect for you and your parents. Um, the story of your father calling you his hero will live forever in my heart as I Long the day of watching a son grow before me, bigger than me, stronger than me, and I can pass that on to him. It's made me a, a wiser man. Um, it is adding to the way that I love and the way that I, I look forward to loving. So thank you for sharing that. And Fee, thank you for being such an amazing partner in this co investigation of grief. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful. That you knew how to handle me when I felt so many other folks didn't. And I wanted to be wrathful, but your love kept me patient for the moment to watch love win.
0: Mm. Thank you. And I'll close with an affirmation that says it's in my book and it's page 56. It says, when we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love.
2: Mm. Massive love from our family to yours. Rex Life Raj, before we get out of here, can you tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can engage with you? Yeah,
1: all social medias, uh, Rex Life Raj, R-E-X-X-L-I-F-E-R-A-J, all um, DSPs, everywhere, YouTube, everywhere. Check. He ain't hard to find.
0: <laughs> no. Get
2: familiar in the Two show. X's and gonna be straight. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. It's
0: with Kariga and Felicia.
2: And our very special guest, Rex Life Raj, today. Hey. Uh, thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. Until we come to this space again, may we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace.